motherfucker that only sleeps too It doesn't matter just what I do The more you want something, the farther away it gets And I'm spending all my time thinking about this And now I'm writing it down Cause I'm hoping it'll stick Welcome to They Them Theirs, a monthly non-binary discussion podcast. We're here, we're queer, let's talk about shit. My name is Rain, and I use they-them pronouns. My name is Casey, and I use they-them pronouns. It is episode 18. Congratulations to us, because now we can buy cigarettes. (laughs) And vote. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And as we all know, that will put out fires. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (sighs) We also have uh, the new art up, which I drew. I also drew the old art, but now it's new and different if I, you look at it with your eyes. I haven't seen it. Uh, hit update art on your podcast player of choice. <laughs> it, should, it should be updated. <laughs> okay, um, I'll do that later. <laughs> okay. I'm going to bully you into uh, drawing the next cover art. I very purposely pre- like don't prepare for anything, so... Um... <laughs> I did not look it up <laughs> in anticipation for recording. That's good. I mean, it was it was recently. It was a recent changeover, so I don't blame you mm-hmm. for that. I will totally draw the next one, though. Hell yeah. Yeah. That'd be sick. We'll give this one, like, a little time to settle in age and for me to get embarrassed by it, and then it'll be your time to shine. You get embarrassed <laughs> by things as they age? Because my reaction to old artwork is like, oh my god, I can't believe I hated this. Oh really? Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't grown there yet. I don't. Well, I don't hate it. I guess I have just like, I, I, I still have that horrible feeling uh, of like every single time somebody sees my art for the first time, they're just like, "Well, that's the best rain can do," I guess. Oh. <laughs> and, so, and so when I see old art, I'm just like, someone's gonna see that for the first time, and that's gonna be their entire idea. Of what I do as a person. Okay. A couple and then of, that keeps me up. A couple of things. <laughs> break, break it down. Relatable. So relatable. Okay, good. I was, uh, I was worried you were about to be like, um, nobody else in the world feels like that. <laughs> well, that would be kind of cool on its own. But, <laughs> um, like, whenever I draw a comic, no matter how long it is, if there is just one drawing I don't like, I'm like... I'm going to get arrested and <laughs> thrown into jail for being a fraud. Like, and yes, like you're, you cannot fake anything. All hands have to be fully rendered. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And like, it's nice to hear you say that because when I hear you say it, it sounds crazy. Even though when I think <laughs> it to myself, I'm like, that's rational. <laughs> like, I should be worried to that degree. <laughs> but okay. So second thing. What you're describing is actually indicative of something very good, because it means that you grow as an artist, like, quite a bit, apparently. I guess so, but that is, like, small, small comfort. That's huge comfort! There are some people who (laughs) never improve, like, Right, but they also, they also think that they're, like, good and fine. Oh yeah, you want to be like that? No, I don't. I'm just saying, like, I don't know what they're, I don't know how they sleep at night. Like, I don't know if they are kept up by the mental demons of their past drawings or not. I just assume they aren't. They are not. That's the price you pay for being good at stuff, unfortunately. You are also driven insane by it. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds fake. Look, I'm just trying to rationalize my own terrible personality, so... (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about some good things. You don't want to talk about Lavender's email? I do, but I was going to talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> no, I guess we have to talk about it now. Uh, oh. <laughs> I mean, we got an email from a listener named Lavender. Thank you for reaching out to let us know about a webcomic called My Dragon Girlfriend, which is by an artist whose handle is at Fondue, and that's spelled F-A-W-N-D-U-U. It's a really good username. And yeah, Lavender was uh, emailing to let us know we were talking, having a, Joe and I were having a conversation about trans vampires in a uh, earlier episode. I think Lavender was going through the back catalog. <laughs> and yeah, this, uh, this webcomic's very cute, has a trans character in it and also a dragon character in it, as the, as the title implies. Um, that sounds it's been going on for a while, though. I have read a little bit. It's very, it's very good. 
I'm picturing the dragon lady, the pro hero from My Hero Academia. You know who I'm talking about? Yes. She's like a yes. normal looking woman, and then she turns into a huge. And then she's a dragon. Yeah, I wish she was my dragon girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She well, she turns into a huge dragon who is like the color of human flesh, which I find very unsettling. And she also has breasts, <laughs> like huge dragon breasts. That's how you know she's a girl dragon. <laughs> I just think that's incredible. I love that show. I'm like, yes, thank you for including that, you weirdo. <laughs> Well, thank you, uh, thank you, Lavender, for the email, um, and now I have a new comic to read, if I ever remember to sit down and read webcomics ever again. Uh, I haven't read a webcomic since I had an office job. <laughs> That's all I did. Good things? Uh, good things. What do you consider good things right now, Rain? Um, okay, things that have been making me happy are putting my clothes in the dryer, and then, like, immediately putting them on. <laughs> The weather has been so good. It's been great. It's been really, really great. Um, everyone, but my house is also drafty. Everyone in California is having the... They're on the sun, and we are just, like, drinking tea. Having perfect fall weather. Yeah, I feel so bad about it. It's, but it, It's really weird. It's so lovely. I love it. I can actually... Do things with my hands. <laughs> my sweaty, sweaty hands. This is a podcast about having sweaty hands. I now. can I can touch paper. <laughs> it's so wonderful. It doesn't immediately curl up. This is why I can never move somewhere where it's like way too hot. I just would have to quit doing anything. You'd have to move to somewhere with an extremely dry heat. Rain, what's a simmer pot? A simmer pot mm -hmm. is um you put a bunch of stuff in a pot with some water or, like, juice, some herbs or fruit and things. Depends on what season and what smells you want. That, like, what you put in it. It's, okay, it's a stink potion. It's a really good, like, house stink potion. Oh, yeah. They EJ make does your house that smell good. With, like, oranges and cinnamon. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's the best. As soon as it gets a little cold out. I'm on that simmer pot jam. I love that. It's so much, that's so much better than a scented candle. It, I mean, I, why not both? I love both, but the simmer pot is just, I love saving things. The best part about it is that you can like save peels from things or uh, leftover ingredients and spices and things like that. Um, <laughs> or just, I don't know, you can like, Using apples, like just whole pieces of apple in the simmer pot and things like that. Like you can use dried fruit. Um, I, the one I have going right now is dried oranges, fresh apple chunks, a tiny bit of apple cider, water, star anise, dried ginger. Did I say dried orange peels already? Mm -hmm. Then not that again. Um, a little bit of, man, I just forgot what vanilla extract was called uh -huh. and i was and i was like essential vanilla mentally essential vanilla <laughs> you know you know the essential vanillas mm -hmm. man what else did i put in there oh yeah cloves cloves oh and cinnamon amazing. did i say cinnamon nope. it's so good it's so good the whole house smells just like a like a pumpkin pie apple farm it's amazing <laughs> i um I just realized something while we were talking about this, which is that scented candles are actually fine. Uh, I, I don't know why. Hot take! Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I just realized that, like, mm, my whole life, my problem with them has been that, like, they are fictions. Which, <laughs> like... What happened to you in a Yankee candle store when you were young? What are you talking about I right just, now? like... I find them trying, like, their desperate need to replicate real-world sense, I find it very pathetic or something. I just realized <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I, I all these years subconsciously, like, I've just been like... shoot coffee out of my nose over this. I've just been like, Yankee Candle, try again. Like, nice... Yeah, right. This does not sound like... This, or does... This does not smell like a, a moonrise or whatever. <laughs> 
Have you just never smelled the moonrise? No. No. <laughs> Some scent, I mean, I don't want to talk about scented candles anymore, but I do I want do. to admit to a strange <laughs> prejudice. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. I was not expecting you to have, like, that deep of an emotional resonance with, like, the falseness of the scented candle industry. I just, like, I hate, uh... The ones that smell, that are supposed to smell like baked goods, especially, like, yeah, freak just, me just out. Yeah, just bake a good, like, come on. Yeah, I, I'm just, I think I'm just kind of like... <laughs> just spend way more money and do hours worth of work and preparation in a kitchen with supplies you may or may not have to achieve the same smell. Yeah, I absolutely... Just do it! Totally. Just do it. A- authenticity or bust. <laughs> Make cookies or cut your nose off. <laughs> <laughs> no in betweens. Um, buy buy small batch scented candles from like local people or folks selling on the internet. Yeah, so there, you can you can get some really cool, good scented candles that aren't trying to smell like an entire vacation. What? You think I should stop buying candles at TJ Maxx? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody said that. I'm just saying you can also supplement. Actually, you know, World Market has some really fucking rad candles. I've gotten some really good scented candles there. Um, we should I, move I on. Cannot, <laughs> yeah, I can't speak to the ethical consumption of that store or like where they're sourcing, I mean. Oh, um, God, I... Don't I never even thought about that, Rain. Jesus. <laughs> it's called it's called World Market, Casey. Yeah, that's a good point. The wine is very cheap. <laughs> just making a post-it note to just like think about that and look into it later. Um okay. Watching old anime at 5 a.m. My partner Jacob has to be up early for work, and so that means in my brain that I also have to be up early. Um so I've been getting up at like, you know, four or five or six or seven, um, depending on the day. But there have been a couple of days where I've just been like spending those first few like quiet, dark hours of the day just <laughs> rewatching um, old garbage that I used to. Well, and some good, some good old things. Watched a little bit of original Digimon because that's necessary for me like once every one to two years. Wow. Same for you, huh? No, absolutely not. No, I cannot go back. I can't. Um, <laughs> I tried. I tried to watch the first season. I have it. I actually have it downloaded. But it was just so. Uh, There's just so much filler and like. It's so good. I, it's I was such kind a good like, show to work to. That's a gross thing I just said. What? Like, ah, oh, this beloved classic childhood cartoon of mine. Yes, I love revisiting it now as good f- background music while I work. <laughs> it's, oh. it's just like sad. I realized how sad and gross that was. Oh, boo-hoo. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I like almost exclusively watch Aaron Sorkin properties while I work because it's like I hate them already. <laughs> <laughs> That'll keep you from looking up. Mm-hmm. That's really smart. I should just put on uh, Now You See Me Too. Um, is that even the correct title of the movie? Yes, it is. It is the correct title of the movie. So you watch Digimon. What, what episodes? Like, do you just start from the beginning? Um, No, I usually start about like 10 or 13 episodes in. What do you, so tell me what, tell me what episodes you've seen recently. Well, it's been a hot minute since I rewatched Digimon, like maybe a month okay. since I watched that. So I, I'm trying to think why. Like, what are you looking for here? I'm just curious because, like, I remember. The, I think I remember the first season so vividly because I would watch it over and over again, and then at night I would just like stay awake thinking about it. <laughs> I have a really just absolute garbage memory um, mm, and oh. the object permanence of like a, a baby baby. Baby baby. So, yeah, like if babies could be babier, mm-hmm. like if a baby was an adult and then you could also have like a baby version. Of well, I guess then I'll ask who's your who who are your faves on that show? Mm, OK, let me pull open a tab so I don't mispronounce anything. I don't, not mispronounce, but say the wrong thing. 
because I'll think I'm saying the correct word. Uh, and all, all of the lights in my brain will be like, yep, 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 yep. But then when it comes out, sometimes it's a different word. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if there's no visual context, nobody can correct me. Well. And then it's a bad time. Well, the best Digimon is Gomamon. So I'll just help you out there. I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> necessarily. Gomamon has, oh, this is so obnoxious. Gomamon has real trans guy energy. <laughs> you're right. Oh man, you're really right. I, I feel like. Right? He's like, he's like fun loving. I don't know. There's just something feel... about him, like his hair, maybe. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm just like staring at a picture of Gomamon and like having these deep realizations. I love him. About what you're saying. I have a teeny tiny Gomamon plush that is just a treasure to me. To, is it fair to say that Tentamon has trans girl energy? (laughs) Like, programmer. I get this like... Wait, Tentamon or Izzy? I'm not even paying attention to the humans at all. Okay, so you're just thinking about... I never formed any deep, deep bond towards any of the human characters in this show. I was, I never had a crush on any of them. I was, I just, none of them. I know a lot of people were like super into Matt or. Oh yeah. I was just fucking thinking about this. The, um, the transist Digimon. Yes. Okay. Finally. <laughs> Mimi's Digimon, Bergermon, which. Oh my God. I'm so glad that you're bringing up. Bergermon. This used to like bewilder me as a child because Bergermon is like this little bird and she's like, I love you, Mimi. And she's got these like curly little things coming out of her head and she's super cute and she's pink. And she is the Digimon of Mimi, who's like this beautiful girly girl. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bergermon digivolves into Togemon, who is this cactus <laughs> this cactus with a bowling ball face so it's just three holes and mm-hmm. like a weird little mop of hair and boxing gloves wait what the bird does not turn into a cactus what are you talking about what do you what what hold on a second yeah bergeron turns into a cactus oh not bergeron fuck no we're talking no. about palmon palmon god damn it okay just, I just had to Google so hard. I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? I was oh my like, God, is- <laughs> Joe, you need to edit all of that out. My credibility is just gone. Absolutely tanked. Absolutely gone. Holy shit. No, Palmon. <laughs> okay, but guess what? Still applies. Palmon is still like really feminine. Okay, 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 okay. Backing up, backing up. In- we're talking about, we're talking about the transist Digimon. In this, in a slightly different way, Palmon is... Is also really feminine. Oh my god, I'm so fucking... I could not be more embarrassed right now. Okay, just... It never... We're redoing it. For the record. No, I think it should be left in, because I do not want people... <laughs> I need people to know. I just want to be authentic. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Okay, so Palmon changes into Togemon, all right? Who is... Who, like, barely has a face. Right. If you have a bowling ball face that's just three holes, like, that's... You might as well have no face. Togemon looks like a fucking mess and where did the boxing unlike the the okay so like color palette wise we get orange kind of out of nowhere uh-huh. there's, a, there's like a little bit of red on the very top of pal palmon's oh man i'm gonna embarrass my high school stealth ears it's that the stamen <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> who cares she's got a little bit of a little bit of red and but then like we get this shock of orange hair on top of just a nude cactus with boxing gloves. Yeah. And that cactus, to me, like, I think a lot about this sort of, like, per, you know, like, the projection of self trans... This is very specific, but, like, <laughs> trans people who have not come out yet and the way that they depict themselves in their comics is so often, like, this dysphoria golem. You know, it's just kind of, like, representative of, like, this sort of uncomfortableness with one's own body. Like, I am very guilty of this. Like, I used to draw myself super, super ugly. There is something about Togemon that really reminds me of that practice. But then... This is so funny to me. Yeah. Go on, go on. Togemon, with the power of the crest of sincerity, (gasps) then digivolves... Into Lilymon, who is like this tiny, beautiful fairy with like this a little pixie flower creature. gun. It is so 
And a dope hat. Yeah. And like, really, it when I was when I was a kid, I was like, that is so incredible because most of the other Digimon, their evolutions, their Digivolutions are like very obvious. Actually, yeah. Speaking of fucking Bergermon, Bergermon digivolves into a male Digimon. This is yeah. I, this was something else that I like. Kind of. I, that's why I thought when you were talking about Bergermon, I was like, we go from this really cute little pink bird to this giant flaming, fanged, like phoenix Moltres looking thing with like a mouth that couldn't close if it wanted to. <laughs> yes, and then and then it becomes a. Native American themed hawk guardian yes. type creature who is called Garudamon. Garudamon is is like is male presenting, right? Am I crazy? <laughs> I mean the 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 Japanese type on it is a uh, birdman, so I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. Oh, as the Garuda is an Indian god. Now, when this when this website says Indian god, what does it mean? Good question. Oh, okay. It means Indian. Garuda is the Mount of Lord Vishnu. Man, we're like really learning things here today about Digimon. I just found a toy on Amazon, which is the Digivolving Bergermon Garudamon. Bergermon to Garudamon Bondi toy. This is. Please send me a link in the Studio A text. Oh my god, it's very sophisticated. (laughs) Oh, whoa. Oh my god. Oh, oh (gasps) shit. Oh no. I think you're gonna buy this. No, I'm told. No, there's, they've got like Garumon. I wouldn't buy Bergermon because I hate Sora. She can go away. Um, (laughs) but oh my god, they have lots more. Oh my god, they have, oh shit. They have Garumon Digivolving to Metal Garurumon, and it's $169. (laughs) Nice. This is so stupid and fucked up, but I'm like, how come I haven't been buying Digimon toys this entire time? I was looking at Metabot's toys yesterday. Oh, I love that show. It's so beautiful. Should we talk about Star Trek? Wait, I want to say some good things. Unless we've been going on for too long about Digimon. I mean, we've been talking for like a half hour about Digimon and fucking up. Um, (laughs) But who knows how much of that will be show. Yeah, yeah. Joe can trim what they please. (laughs) Whoever's editing this, please please be generous. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's move on to Star Trek. Why do you want to talk about Star Trek, Rain? So, I don't know if you've seen this article floating around. Um, It's been kind of like a click, a clickbaity kind of thing. Um... But the current run of Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery, um, in their next season, they are adding two new characters, a non-binary character and a trans man character. Wow! (laughs) Oh my god! Uh, (laughs) CBS deserves a parade! Just kidding. Blue Del Barrio uh, will be playing Adira the non-binary character, and then Ian Alexander will be playing the trans character. And so there have been some uh, articles that are like, oh, it's the first, the first trans, the first non-binary character in Star Trek history breaking. It's like, you know how every like six months or so, there's like an article that comes out and it's like the first gay character in Disney. And it's like someone holding their wife's hand for like five seconds in the background. I have much to say on this matter, but yes, <laughs> go on. Yeah, so I'm super excited that they will be joining the cast. Um, I think that's really cool that they're getting actors whose gender identity and like life experience is similar <laughs> instead of just having like a cis person play the role like we so often uh, find. But yeah, I put a comment from someone in our, that, or, uh, yeah, a comment that was on one of the articles. I put it in our notes because it made me laugh so hard because it, it just was like a, a wall of text. And I was immediately like, this is going to be a well actually comment and I can't wait. They, yeah, they aren't the first 
non-binary character in Star Trek. And so that's what I wanted to talk about. So it's like, I'm super excited about this thing, but I agree that <laughs> saying that it's the first time it's happened is inaccurate. And it's, it's just to get, get dem clicks, which, you know, all's fucked on the internet, I guess. Tell me your feelings. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> so do you watch Star Trek Discovery? I haven't yet, but I, I, it's like on a list of things that I will get around to. Oh, like I'm my gonna, God. I'm gonna, do you? I, d um, okay. I don't. I, I want to say that I'm bringing this up because we talk, like we on the show have a history of talking about, uh, like, you know, new happening stuff in the world of being non-binary. And so the fact that they're having a young a uh, non-binary person play a non-binary character. And then also, um, I want to talk about an article where Blue talks about their experience coming out as non-binary and what that has to do with their casting in the show. But yeah, straight up front, I have not watched the show yet. I plan to. I greatly enjoy a, a older Star Trek. So we're gonna, I'm hoping we're going to be talking about some older Star Trek stuff. But that's where I'm coming from is that this is a cool gender thing, but also not the first gender thing in Star Trek. So what older Star Trek have you seen? Um, the original series, Next Generation, and then sporadic, I think, like, single episodes of Deep Space Nine and Voyager. First of all, you should watch all of Deep Space Nine from beginning to end because it is a masterpiece. <laughs> I, yeah, it's like I want to, but the time I feel like the time in my life where I could sit down and just watch a thing and not feel like I also have to be working on something is gone. Oh, my God. I, I, <laughs> I believe me. I That's totally, my own personal issue. I totally understand. And like I watched it with my roommates this year uh, and there's a very like kind of not strict, but like it's sort of like a no phones experience. Like we're all supposed to be watching this show together, you know? Yeah. Um, all absolutely logged on for it. Yes. Or logged off, I guess. And we, and oh, it's so good. We all just loved it so much and it's still so relevant. It's just incredible. It's, it needs more accolades. I don't know. Cause people don't, people don't really think about it that much because it's sort of got this very, very weird kind of tacky 90s spiritualistics aesthetic mm. that I used to find very gross. But I mean, not in like a problematic way, but in like just an aesthetic way. I was like, ew. But watching it as an adult, I'm just like, holy shit. Like, it's devastating in parts and like just so... <sighs> I don't know. I mean, it's all just about like PTSD and power and war and control. And I love that shit. Um, but <laughs> back to gender. <laughs> I think this is good, especially like that there's a non-binary person, like not to be not to trans man. Very good. Yay. Mm -hmm. But I think more people are sort of familiar with that concept than they are with the I idea of some being someone being non-binary. Not that there's some sort of contest. <laughs> no, it's it's something that we've talked about before on the show that, like, some cis people who have never encountered, like, any idea of anything outside of a gender binary, sometimes it's easier for them to understand binary transness than it is to understand non-binary transness. Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, if someone accepts that, like, a person who is AFAB has, you know, like, wants to be wants to be or identifies as a man like okay i accept that and then you know the reverse being true for someone who is amab but like it it almost feels like people get like culturally exhausted or something they're like well now there's this other thing that's right. like <laughs> even more nebulous somehow and like i have to use this word that i usually use to mean some people ah <laughs> <laughs> But uh, this comment that you posted in the show notes mm -hmm. from this person who is saying that this is just like a marketing tactic, like he's right. He's like certainly right. And like, this is the most annoying marketing tactic that I have like encountered ever. Like, and, it, and it's been so, I mean, just personally to me, but it's like such a prevalent thing over the last like five years where it's like, 
this humongous corporate property is like, we did this one social justice thing, and now BuzzFeed is going to make 15 articles about it, and it's going to be on the cover of Wired, because I think, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Disney owns Wired. It is virtual, it is virtue signaling, it is like a bunch of ass pattery, and it is just to make more money and to get, like, they're cashing in on people's genuine desire to see themselves. I'm I'm happy that desire is being fulfilled, but also money ruins everything, <laughs> as we all know. <laughs> yes. And Star Trek has become much more a product than an artwork. <laughs> I mean, it was always a product. And yeah. my personal attachment to Star Trek is too great for me to really talk about it in... <laughs> An objective or academic way. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're in too deep. <laughs> I'm I'm in way too deep because I was bas it it basically like replaced any sort of like parentage for me. Like it, it in the in the absence of guidance from my parents, like Star Trek was there. And you know, that that void could have been filled by a lot of things. And I feel really lucky that it was filled by this Next Generation in particular, which I, you know, grew up watching, like, throughout my whole childhood. Like, I was definitely watching Next Generation, like, more than once a week. Because mm -hmm. my dad had, had taped all of it. In Star Trek, there is this baseline assumption about, like, humanity's purpose and the way that people should treat each other. Like, goodness is the lining of the show. Like, it is unspoken. It is so obvious that they don't even really have to talk about it. It's just mm -hmm. in the fabric. Like, the way that people treat each other is so kind and, like, diplomatic. And the problems that the people of the Enterprise encounter are so, like, ponderous and, like, important. I mean, there are also, like, monster episodes and shit like that. Time, time Wacky time travel hijinks. Yeah, yeah. And, like, when I think about Next Generation, something that occurs to me is that there is like very, very little interpersonal conflict. It, it is very much about working together and also money doesn't exist, which has always been like, in my mind, like ever since childhood, I'm like, the utopic future does not involve money. Right. <laughs> um, which is like, just super important, I think. So I think Star Trek is an incredible force for good and has been, and it at least was in my life because it's just so dedicated to being like rational and nonviolent but it also like in next gen one of the main characters is like the ship's counselor she's an empath and so there's also like in, in great importance placed on like the human experience and emotion right like the fact that the the ship's uh counselor is like one of the main staff too yeah you know yeah and she's like she's she's always there on the bridge she sits right next she, to the captain um right at like as important as the ship like doctor yeah so the bones of 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 that show and also of ds9 like ds9 has the same thing going for it i mean there's more interpersonal conflict because it's like a space station that like many different cultures inhabit which is so cool but there is still the sort of like the 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 great ethos of the show is working towards just peace and exploration and you just always know that that is what is true of starfleet especially in ds9 they remind us that like no hierarchical organization can be perfect mhm mm and you know they apply that to starfleet quite a bit but i think those shows are incredible and i've like and i think they like, while being entertaining and very cool shows about space, like, taught me and I, I think a lot of people the value of curiosity, you know? And that is really, I cannot overstate how important that is. So now we have Discovery, which I have only seen two episodes of. I watched the, like, first two episodes. Mm -hmm. And we also have Picard, which I have just started watching, actually. I haven't, yeah, I haven't watched any of that. How is that? I really hated it starting out um, because it's very, so I read, I read a few things by some people who worked on it. And I think that like, 
think it was maybe like the director or something saying like if I had made the show I wanted to and I was like well I'm not gonna watch this then oh god yeah anytime someone says that they're just like I'm shooting myself in the foot here um yeah and it's like I under I understand that like every creator who puts out stuff on tv is not allowed to make 100% what they want to make but when I read about what he wanted to make instead which was just like Picard farming I was like well yeah I would have much preferred that yeah, instead we have, like, all these these fights and, like, action scenes and stuff, and... Just let him rest. Yeah, I really, really hated it at first, but now it's gone in this, like, weird anim- campy anime direction, and I can't help Ooh. but a- adore it now. <laughs> oh! <laughs> well, like, Picard is, Picard is really not bad, because, like, here, here are some things that I really like. I think he resigned from Starfleet, basically, and then he kind of dedicated his life to caring for Romulan refugees because their planet was destroyed. And mm-hmm. in the, like, fifth episode, the fifth episode is so anime. Like, it's so weirdly anime. Like, it starts out, you see Picard having these, like, fake sword fights with a child, this child, and, like, hanging out <laughs> like, with this like kid. Like he does. Yeah, like, this whole first scene where you see, where you, like, establish he has this relationship with this child, and then 14 years later which is, like, when the actual episode is taking place, you know, he, like, recruits this kid who is now a master swordsman, and he looks like he should be in historical Chinese drama. Like, he looks exactly like that, and his name is, like, Eldor or something. And it's so dumb because he's, like, this katana swordmaster, and I kind of hate it, but I also, like, am am in... Just really, really enjoying the shit out of it because Patrick Stewart, for one thing, seems like he's having a really good time. Well, that makes me feel better about. Yeah, about it, and though. he also he also has this energy in the show of like this. I can actually excuse some stuff if I just if if I really try. Like he doesn't act quite like he he has acted in the past. But I can actually chalk that up to dementia or something, (laughs) you know, like I can just be like, well, of course, he's different now. He's like old and he doesn't have the things that he used to have. Doesn't he doesn't need to act as hard as he used to. Yeah, but he really he's also like warmed to children like he famously hated children. Right. Yeah. Um, And I think that's a really, really nice development. I'm really glad that like, I don't know, I'm, I'm totally fine with that bit of growth. And he's also got this like grandpa energy so like there are like young women in the show and like the way that he talks to them is so just like one hand on the shoulder other hand like with your hand like in in your hand and like just he has this like really sweet like i'm gonna help you i'm gonna help you i'm your grandpa i'm gonna help you sort of energy (laughs) i'm your grandpa i'm still spry (laughs) oh yeah um and that i really like Discovery, I watched two episodes of, and it was so hacky and shitty, and I hated it. They kept, they had all these fucking Dutch angles. It made me want to barf, because, like, <laughs> to me, Star Trek is, like, the camera is level. Excuse me, the camera yes. in Star Trek is level. It's period. level, and it doesn't, doesn't move very much. The end, yeah. Like, it's so much more about, like, conversations. And the new Star Treks, okay, starting with you know, the J.J. Abrams, like, reboot. Mm-hmm. There's just been this this new... I mean, they've just turned it into Star Wars. It's just Star Wars I was gonna now. say, I, I, feel like, I feel like now they feel... I'm using they to refer to uh, Mr. Star Trek feels like he has to um, compete with Mr. Star Wars. Well, and you I, don't. It's not, you it, don't. It's not even a competition. It's the fact that J.J. Yeah, Abrams it's, true. it's apples and oranges. It's the fact that J.J. Abrams never gave a shit about Star Trek, and when he took the helm of the property, he turned it into Star Wars, and Star Wars is fine, but it's not Star Trek. Star Trek is a different thing. Mm-hmm. I don't really give a shit if I sound like a snob, because it's something that's very important to me, and... J.J. Abrams is a big fucking idiot and I hate him. Um, <laughs> so J.J. Abrams comes on the scene with his goddamn production company, which includes all sorts of simpy assholes like Alex Kurtzman. And Alex Kurtzman is the person that I wanted to talk about in particular because he ruins everything he touches. <laughs> oh. He wrote The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I, did you see that movie? Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. 
I hate, I hate that I'm old enough, or like, how many Spider-Mans old am I? Hold on a second. You're three Spider-Mans oh. old. You're at least, <laughs> at least three. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh wait, no, I didn't see this one. Okay, so it's the Andrew Garfield ones. Those movies are, I don't. I didn't see, I, I completely skipped those. They're so they're like dreamlike, horrible. They're so straight bad. up. I straight up forgot he did that. He let that happen. Alex Christman is just one of those creators who like does not understand. Like he he recognizes like things about TV and movies. He like he he knows that like this these styles of things happen, but he like doesn't understand why. Like he doesn't understand subtext at all. He's just like. Here's a here's a here's like a a sequence of cool things happening, and that is what a movie is, and um, <laughs> that's fine for some style, things. no substance. That's yeah. I mean, it's not even that because um, he doesn't really have that much style. Like you can be style <laughs> over substance and still have it be very very meaningful, but like his choices are usually meaningless. And I watched like a very very short interview with him about like the production design of of discovery and he and they they redesigned the klingons entirely which is so fucking stupid they made it look very like game of thronesy mm-hmm. and and that's fucking ridiculous because if you like know anything about star trek you know that like klingons are really cool and they have this like very very cool aesthetic already and this amazing yeah. this amazing culture that is nothing like the culture that is depicted in discovery and like I just, he was just like, I just wanted to make it look cooler. That was basically his explanation. And I fucking <laughs> so hate I that. So I didn't. I fucking hate that. I fucking hate that this person who was so stupid and so mediocre, like, <clears throat> is so powerful in the sphere of something that I love so dearly. I can't wait to see someone hand you the Star Trek property, because you're going to do a really, really good job <laughs> with that with that Star Trek comic, and I can't wait to read it. Rain, I've got a vagina. They're never going to give it to me. <laughs> But, okay, so here's the twist, Rain. I, oh, no. I went to Alex Kurtzman's IMDb hoping to find quotes, like some shitty quotes about being, you know, that reflected his idiocy. But um, <laughs> I think you can only get quotes with IMDb Pro anymore. Uh, so I was just looking through his credits, and I clicked on producer. Mm-hmm. And you will not believe what I found. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to guess? What did... Would you like to guess? What is Now You See Me Too? Yes! yes! Oh my god! <laughs> you fucking got it! I'm so sorry. Apologies for absolutely blowing up the book. Yes, same. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I was just like... I was so happy to find that because I'm like, now I can truly That's, illustrate his terribleness can... <laughs> to rain. One time I was at Casey's house. This was like, this was years ago. This, this is in the before ago. time. This, <laughs> when, you could, when you could be near each other uh, without instantly just like suffering a psychic attack. We were just hanging out. Casey, Casey wanted to put on a movie and they put on Now You See Me Too. And I've never been so confused, upset, and bewildered, and confused, <laughs> and angry, and confused, un- until you know, Batman vs. Superman came out, and then it was, I got to re-experience those feelings all over again. But for a few years, um, that was the worst thing I had ever fucking seen in my entire life. And I, f- I think I, you forced this upon probably, like, what, at least ten people or something by now. <laughs> I would say four maximum, but the thing is, like, when I turned that, when you were there and I turned that movie on, I had already seen it. <laughs> you know, like, I you knew were exactly just, like, what... You were just intentionally, like, leading me to a quicksand pit. <laughs> yeah. I definitely showed it to Carta, um, also. It's just, like, the concept of Now You See Me is already so fucking insane. They're, like, anti-capitalist terrorist magicians yes <laughs> that's you're not wrong and then now you see me too just is uh, they on top of that there's all this 
weird Jesse Eisenberg dad stuff. Maybe I it it truly cannot be described. Like, do you remember the um the the part where they're getting the microchip and, they're, they're, and they they're stick flicking, it to the back of They're a, flicking a playing card back and forth, just like showboating in this circular room around yeah. all these guards, and they're just like flick 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 just like throwing this playing card with a microchip on. Yeah, I remember it, Casey. I can't ever forget it. It was Ridiculous. Amazing. It's like a oh 10 minute long scene of these magicians just being like, look how good I am at flicking cards to my friends without getting noticed. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're, like they're, they're there to steal something and, and ostensibly leave. not get caught. But they're just like, <laughs> I'm going to do this in the flashiest possible way because I'm a fucking <laughs> oh, it's like magician vigilante. And uh, of course, Woody Harrelson plays himself and his own <laughs> twin. <laughs> it's just like it's it's really bad. Well, yeah, that wow. Yeah, the yeah. way the, So that's who that's who is helming um my favorite thing ever right now. Ah, <laughs> uh, F in the chat for you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's Well, I also shouldn't it's also like Casey, there are better things to be upset about. <laughs> We're not talking about those things right now. We're talking about Star Trek Discovery. Ugh. Okay, well, Maybe let's... it gets better, but, like, from what I saw, I was just, like, every everything that everyone was saying was totally meaningless. Just Here's... completely fucking meaningless. And... L- let me give you a beautiful silver lining on this. What? Uh, th- we'll link the article in the show notes. Uh, but there's an article on aldianews.com. Uh, meet Blue Del Barrio, the first non-binary Trekkie on the USS Discovery. I guess this, well, to be fair, the comment I took was taken from this article. So they said the first non-binary Trekkie on the USS Discovery, which that's true. Yeah. They didn't say the first non-binary Trekkie on Star Trek. This this particular article gets a pass for that. But I did see other other people being like, well, making history with the first Ever beer, beer, beer in Star Trek. Um, man, I haven't even gotten into the Janai yet, and I wanted to talk about the Janai. Anyway, silver lining. Del Barrio is young. I mentioned that earlier. I think they are around like 24, 25 years old. This is a quote from the article. Uh, and this is, I'm quoting Del Barrio. When I was told I was going to be Adaria, I had not yet told most of my friends and family that I was of non-binary gender. I had only recently discovered the word and realized that it described how I had felt for a long time. I knew I wanted to tell my friends and family, so when this happened, it felt like the universe was saying, go for it. Oh, fuck, that's awesome. Isn't that, yeah, so that's, that right there is primarily why I wanted to bring up this whole Star Trek conversation. Because I just, I don't know, I, the fact that it is, (laughs) it is a non-binary person playing a non-binary person. And that this role is like gave them the cosmic push that they were, I guess, sort of looking for or that they needed. That I just think that's that's really beautiful and awesome. I agree. I agree. Yeah, and like they're immediately like following in the footsteps of um seeing other trans performers on TV uh that they were inspired by. Um, it's a it's a it's a good article. Uh, again, it'll be linked in the show notes. Oh, but yeah, I just I don't know that I that, I got really emotional when I read that because um, I just remembered the first time I like you know read the word non-binary and looked it up and that like crashing wave of emotion and then imagine imagining being in my like early twenties and having that but then it being on like a, like a, a show that's viewed worldwide. Yeah, like oh my that's God. yeah, it's just like wow, just like an, such a really overwhelming, scary thing. I can't, I cannot imagine how they feel. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was so amazing that, like, imagine calling, like, calling someone and being like, So I got this role and I'm going to be playing a non binary character because I am non binary. Like, wow. Well, <gasps> I mean, it's it's great because, like, you can 
kind of explain the concept <laughs> in this very safe context and see like, how your look. parents react and then and then be like also that's me in real life <laughs> that'd be amazing that's that's fucking awesome i'm very very happy for them and actually something just hit me like a ton of bricks which is that i think my dad my dad watches star trek discovery oh shit my dad who i have not come out too <laughs> because i don't feel like fucking explaining myself a unique opportunity has presented itself to us yeah no shit like i should be fucking <laughs> celebrating this <sighs> also i just remembered that ej told me last night that they had seen the the news about um having a non-binary person and a trans person on uh on star trek and someone had tweeted like in response to the news like had to look that up interesting <laughs> and then he said welcome to the crew yes i saw that it was very it was very wholesome yeah. it was just just someone stopping by to be like i learned a thing cool yeah and they That's... were like they were like welcome to the greatest like show universe ever and it was just like this is just like this is a good Star Trek fan who understands and embodies, <laughs> like, just being curious and inclusive. It's very good. Fucking exactly. That's what it's about. Well, that's what it's about, but also, like, I, I mean, I'm glad that's happening in the meta context, because it certainly isn't happening in the show anymore. <gasps> anyway. Oh, I still need to, I still need to watch it. Um, I'm adding it to my physical list of... Things to watch when I learn to relax. I feel... I, I, I can't even imagine. I want to see. I want to see what it looks like, how it turns out. Oh, I mean, I also kind of want to see... Um, I'm just... I'm saying I can't imagine relaxing. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I'm trying... Every... Everything... All my computer parts are dying all of a sudden. I'm trying so hard to plug something in. Hold on. I'm scrambling like a little mouse back here. Hmm. <laughs> Whoever designs Apple products doesn't have a human form and also hates us for having human form. Yeah, that's true. They're <laughs> like, would you please, like, accommodate these this technology? Maybe get some surgery. <laughs> Could you just grow eye stalks already, you freaks? <laughs> Can we talk about the Janai? Because I want to bring them up. Because when we're talking about non-binary and star trek i feel like we have to bring up the janai that's from an episode of next gen yeah 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 so janai are primarily from season five episode 17 of star trek the next generation episode called the outcast the janai are a race that do not have gender the what is it like the so they're like humans yeah, yeah they're like extremely just like humans with like you know slightly different uh face makeup etc mm -hmm. um bull cuts turtlenecks but like it's oh my good God. it works <laughs> it's it's good it's very 2020 looks honestly <laughs> but yeah so they they uh have evolved past gender they don't have it not necessary and it is criminal crime to feel gendered um and so the episode is about uh Riker and a Janai uh named Soren who um <laughs> are <laughs> talking and Soren has a, just a bunch of questions about what is a man what is a woman what do your genitals look like what does it mean to act female what does it mean to act male and it's a really cool, interesting episode. Ex I, well, I mean, it's like it ends on a sad, fucked up note because um, it has sort of like space electroshock therapy because for an advanced race that's, you know, evolved past the need for gender, they are extremely transphobic, <laughs> which isn't funny. Um, so, yeah, if they find out that you feel a gender... They get really mad and they publicly shame you in a court of your peers and then they um, electrocute your brain until you don't have a gender anymore. Um, so it's a lot, but it's a very interesting episode to talk about. Um, I only yeah. vaguely remember it. Riker's like really horny for Soren, right? 
Yes, but mostly because Soren is extremely horny for Riker, like right out the gate. And I, I'm, I feel pretty confident saying this because I rewatched it immediately before recording. Okay, I, need, I needed it to be fresh because I hadn't seen it since like college. I think it's interesting that like people who display a binary gender are punished, and I guess that makes kind of. I mean, I don't want to say it makes sense, but um, I the assumption there is that. You know, this is a society that identified binary gender as the evil, you know, like the thing that was ruining all the stuff. And so now it's like completely forbidden. I Yeah, I guess so. Because they do talk about how like they used to be a gendered society. And then they're like, yeah. we, we got over that. Right. That kind of reminds me, though, of um, The Left Hand of Darkness. Tell me about that. That's a book by Ursula Le Guin. Mm, oh, yes. I was like, that sounds familiar, but I couldn't remember. It's very, very, it's big and famous. It won a bunch of awards. It's really incredible, but it's about this planet where everyone is non-binary, um, unless they are, like, in heat, and then their bodies kind of reacting to environment, or also sort of randomly kind of just choose male or female, like, genitalia to, like, display, basically. Hmm. So... At any normal time, your body is genderless, but when you're in heat, your body is gendered, basically. And, like, your body could be reacting to, like, like the gender of your partner, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. People who are always, who are at all times displaying one binary gender are uh, known as perverts. Oh my goodness. Which we should bring back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. Anyways. About, I, I'm, I'm bringing up the Janai also because um, it was something that I used, like, I think one or two times to help someone, ex- like, someone was aware of the Janai, but, like, not aware of non-binary people being real. And so, like, in a real work situation, when I was, like, explaining myself to a coworker, they were like, oh, like that one race in Star Trek. And I was just like grasping at anything. I was just like, yes, 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 like that. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, that's like, that but, is also like one of the purposes of Star Trek. It's like to depict curiosity, but also to induce curio- curiosity in the viewer by like depicting these, these things that are unusual in our modern society or whatever. Right. It's doing that's it's that's it doing its good job. I love Star Trek so much. I oh. wish that it, it hadn't ended with them getting their oh the Soren reveals to Riker that they identify as a female and that they had for a long time, but that they have to like keep it on the extreme down low so that they don't get the shock therapy. But then of course because they are flirting so hard like they're flirting so hard that there's like flirt lines coming off of them everyone can (laughs) tell (laughs) so yeah uh the uh i wish it ended happier but um wait so does soren get electroshock yes uh i really do like parts of the episode there's a weird dinner well it's not weird but there's like a good scene where Riker and soren are having soup and they're just (laughs) like they're eating split pea soup, and Riker is talking about how it's like his grandpa's split pea soup recipe that they programmed into the replicator. Um, wow, and then, hot. and then, right, yeah, it's like super, super hot. And then Soren's just like, "Tell me about your genitals." <laughs> it's so good. I love that. Yeah, and uh, Soren's just like asking super polite, like normal questions, and keeps reminding Riker that their shit isn't everyone's shit that like their way of being is not the norm on everyone's planet um which is like hilarious to me that Riker needs to be constantly reminded of that yeah he's just like so what's it like living on a planet with no gender and Soren's just like I don't know what's it like living on a planet with gender like (laughs) just immediately flipping it back on his head also Riker admits that he spent two days trying to figure out how to talk to Soren without using a gendered personal pronoun. Oh my god, that's lovely. I like, I like them admitting, like, it is, it, 
it might be a little bit of work, but that's okay. Yeah. You know? he, I, and like, it's it's he, a little bit asks. of work, but really not that much. <laughs> um, he does ask if Soren wants to be referred to as it, and says that, like, that's seen as rude in their society. Um, which, like, that's still a thing today. Like, some, like there are a lot of people who identify as it, it's, um, and then are constantly met with the, like, backlash of, like, oh, no, that's... Not okay. That's rude. It's like whatever. It's like people can refer to themselves and itself as as they want. Um, yeah, yeah. Everybody just chill out. Everybody just like if you get angry, stop, count to ten, and then ask yourself why'd you just get mad, and then go read about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's a perfect strategy. I I used to get mad, or well, I'm not get mad about. Um, I used to think that it was like not right to refer to yourself that way and then someone i just like listened to someone who was like this is how i refer to myself and i was just like oh okay instead of just like being angry about something that wasn't my deal i just like yeah listened and then thought about it and grew yeah, much much as star trek would encourage you to do <laughs> star trek would want you to grow i want to say about that episode um i think it's wonderful in particular that they chose riker to be the person who's like having this like romance because he's like the hunky horny one <laughs> and it's like i i like the implication that like this person is non-binary but they're still like asexual being like it doesn't mean that you oh yeah they talk about how babies are made that's like a specific conversation <laughs> yeah it doesn't mean you change your body into a sexless tube <laughs> right yeah it's <laughs> i love breaker yeah, is like Oh, you don't you don't touch each other to make a baby because that's like that's that's the good part. Lots of people think that's really cool. You guys just impregnate a fibrous husk. That doesn't sound romantic. And Soren's just like, oh, there's romance for days leading up to the the husk shit. Like, don't you worry <laughs> about that. Like, the husk shit's just the end. That's just the actual baby making. There's oh my God. there's days of foreplay. Don't you worry, Riker. <laughs> Before the husk. To be fair, that is that is how the Janai reproduces. That they right. they both put seed into a fibrous husk. I would love that. Yeah, that would be way convenient. It's way more convenient, and they they mention that they're like it's just better this way. It's easier for everyone, honestly. Yeah, no shit. I mean, it also is an important factor. I mean, that's how you could have a gender society very easily because nobody can get pregnant you know which right. is like kind of a big thing anyways anyways fibrous husks for all yes yes <laughs> if there's one thing that i want people to take away it's fibrous husks for all <laughs> that's my platform oh i'll vote for you thank you you're welcome that was I'm pretty much <laughs> I was like, that's all I wanted to yell about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I said a lot. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of, we said a lot of things today. Yeah, we projected quite a bit of transness into the world. <laughs> that's what we are here to do. True, true, true. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this month. Our theme song is Big Trucks by I Believe in Julio. Um, if you'd like to email us and talk about Star Trek or good web comics or anything else, you can email us at they them at theorangegroves.com. You can find our show and many, many more on theorangegroves.com. We have uh, shows on everything from ARGs to Bare Naked Ladies to Guitar Hero and LGBT Pokemon. history. Pokemon ranking, uh, Twilight reread, and more. There's there's so many good shows. You can find me online at Small Small Witch. Casey, where can our good listeners find you online? At Ignatz Hatterack. That's I G. I'm not gonna spell it. Just uh, <laughs> I because I don't think I could. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, and until next month, that's all they themed. That's very good, Rain. <laughs>
best idea of a podcast of all time. This is Champs in the Making. Where we have made a bracket of every Pokemon that has ever existed and are putting them up in battles head to head. One-on-ones to scientifically find out the best Pokemon. Every two weeks, we gather up an assortment of hosts from the Orange Groves. And cut a bloody path through the Pokedex. Come listen to me defend the rights of crustacean-based Pokemon. Olga is a perfect little baby, and I will not stand for anything else. Deciduize the best fucking Pokemon because he looks like Robin Head. Shout some about why your favorite Pokemon is the best. Put them forward and insult Ambipom every two weeks, only on the Orange Groves. Uh, Puchina is the best, and my friends already knocked Mightyena out, which I'm sad about. So now we're truly just living on the edge.